call it Hello, good morning. What'd be good is if I learned new languages on this podcast and said good morning in different language every day, but I'm already spinning plates, so what am I even on about? Welcome to another episode of the Haze Outdoors podcast. This is episode 13, <laughs> unlucky for some, but not me, because we're going to get straight into it. I've got all sorts going on. I've got news. We've got segments. We've got guests. I'm lying. We've got none of it. <laughs> it's just the ramblings of a madman who tries to squeeze an hour out, trying to get an hour out of this. An hour's worth of lug butter for you. Lovely lot. I hope you're all doing well. I'll tell you a date just for bants. It's Thursday the 17th of March and spring is well and truly in the air. Me daffs are all out. Um, the grass needs cutting. I'm going to cut my grass later today. Um... Sorry, getting messages. John, you know I'm gonna just turn my phone off and leave it over there. It's blowing up. Uh, yeah, first cut at lawn this today, guys. Are we excited or what? <laughs> We've got to cut the lawn. That is truly springy's ear when lawn's getting cut. And I'm gonna tell you what I've been. I need my phone actually. That's actually I need it. I need it because I've made notes and I, I've made notes. Morning coffee. I fed me birds. The robin is inching closer and closer towards me. And I think, so long as it doesn't die, or, well, so long as neither of us die, I reckon the next two weeks that robin's going to be landing on my hand. And that's joyous. Right. What have you been up to? Good question. What have I been up to? So... I was, I've been away with Northern Monk to do a little bit of filming. We were supposed to be going to the Lake District and wild camping and doing bits and pieces, but the weather was atrocious up there. So we went to the Yorkshire Dales. There was four of us, including a cameraman. And we did some hiking. Uh, just like had a real adventurous hike. It was really nice, actually. Lovely to be out in the Dales. And instead of camping, we stayed over in a pub, proper Yorkshire old school pub, which was lovely. And the reason for it was we were discussing my next two beers that are going to be coming out with Northern Monk, and which we have done. So the next two are uh, roughly sorted and ready to go. Uh, the ideas are there anyway. And the reason we were filming is so that we can interject that footage with the actual cans when they're made you know like the narrative is oh we got together and you know came up with this idea which is pretty cool um there was some right locals out there mate there was this one guy we went into this alehouse it was quite late on in maybe about 10 o'clock or something half nine ten and he was there in high vis orange high vis top with oily hands and that and then let me tell you this if you're going into an alehouse anywhere near the end of the day or it's late on in the day and there's anyone else and there's someone in like work clobber, you know they've had a skinful. 
because they've, they've maybe clocked off at four or five and they're still in there. And he was there. We eyes were a bit gone. I think he was on summit because he was charged up, mate. As soon as we went in, he just straight over to us, giving us grief, wanting to arm wrestle us for our coats. <laughs> Proper. He was like, oh, I do gypsy boxing. I, I travel around, I fight gypsies. I'll fight the lot of you. I'll let me arm wrestle you for your coat. Fucking do one, mate. Absolute bumpkin. It was off his Swede. And also, if you are listening to this bumpkin, Soz. Soz for calling you a bumpkin. It's just life in it, mate. He was just one of them lads. Just one of them lads. Maybe just a little bit dense in nogging. Too much sauce mixed with too much density. And violence and he was just he was just looking for it but we had a wonderful time it was good to see the lads again right we're gonna make we're gonna make this coherent and flow like some sort of mad water feature that your boys built in a garden because that's how good we are these days um i've just put here arm wrestle for our coats in my notes <laughs> That's Bants, in it? That's Bants. Uh, guess what as well? You know, I said I bought an Xbox and uh, that was me. I was going to become a Twitch streamer. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I've got pretty bad ADHD. And I know like everybody's got it these days, but I've had it, I do have it. And I have had it for a long time and it's quite serious with me. Well, not serious, but it's very powerful. <laughs> And what I did there is I hyper-focused on setting up a Twitch channel after seeing Limmy and watching the glory that is Limmy's live streaming. I was like, right, I can do that. You know, when there's the storms and when the weather's bad and I can't get out camping or grafting or anything, I can just stream, um, I can Twitch stream me playing games. I even downloaded some like outdoorsy games and everything. And then I just had a big realisation. I was talking to my mate in Alehouse and he was like, are you sure you want to do that, mate? Because it's not very on brand, is it? I was like, yeah, you're right, actually, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, if so when outdoor companies look at you and they just see you just sat there covered in biscuits playing Call of Duty, it's not the one, is it? <laughs> just playing Mario Kart with a bit tit sweat underneath my tits, just sweating under there shouting at loads of 12-year-old boys on internet as I'm playing Mario Kart. It's just not the one, is it? So even though I've spent ages getting the right cables and setting everything up, I've decided to against becoming a Twitch streamer. <laughs> and that's how, that's the life of ADHD. So I'll have to take a loss, like, but I'm going to be selling everything. My capture card, my Xbox, and my cables and all that sort of shenanigans the only way that i would do twitch streaming is if i was doing this live to you oh by the way hello to everyone who's watching on patreon hello to everyone who's just listening on out in the wild i send you nout but love and so if i was going to be doing a live thing then maybe i would do it on twitch and sort of get people to ask questions and have a bit of a chat in the chat which I might do going forward, but as far as gaming and getting it like taking it seriously, what was I thinking? I think I just was I was just going through a phase. <laughs> so we're not doing that anymore. We're not doing Twitch streaming. That's for other people to do. 
professional Twitch streamers like Limo. Limo. Because, let me just tell you, I don't know if you know that little story about Limmy um, or who he is or anything. If you're just listening to this, Limmy is a Scottish comedian. He had, I don't want to get it wrong, but I think he had two or three series of uh, like a sketch show or maybe two series in a Christmas special, something like that. Um, and he's really, so if he does a lot of stuff on Twitter and Twitch, and he's been live streaming since the beginning of Twitch. And I've watched his crazy sketches and his flights of fancy and improvised storytelling and all this sort of stuff. I think he's great. He's really funny. And when I was in doldrums a bit ago, and I'm sorry if I have told you this, but it was such a cool thing. I was in the doldrums and he was the only thing that I could watch. And so I signed up for him. I signed up to him on Patreon. I'm sorry, not on Patreon, on uh, Twitch I signed up. And I will support him now until forever because he, he really did help me out. Um, and I'm going to play it if I can. If I can, or if I've been asked, I'll overlay it here. Scrubs, Hayes, thanks for subs and bits. The child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. Oh, well said. Hel inside. Hello, yep. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me read that again. The child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. Brilliant. <laughs> that was me. It, but I just, I made one comment and it made him laugh. And I was just buzzing off it. I was like, oh my God, all these times he's made me laugh and seen me right. I actually made him laugh. Um, and then I tweeted something on Twitter about it. I've just started a Twitter account. And I tweeted something about, oh, support Limmy. I'm happy to support him. He's helped me out, this, that, and the other. And uh, he commented on it. So I was absolutely buzzing. I was over at Moon. And then someone said that that's how, you know, when I'd said about him getting me out the doldrums and someone had said about that, my videos doing that for them. And it just really, everything came full circle and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I got really emotional. I was like, oh my God. It was like stepping back and seeing it for the first time, like seeing all the like strings and things all connecting like they do on them crime films and shit. And I stepped back and I was like, oh yeah, shit, maybe that is good that I do that, that, you know, that my videos give people that sort of, you know, how I felt watching Limmy. So it's really good. And it inspired me and I'm like, right, I'm going to make some quality, quality videos this year. I've got loads of plans and I'm going to really just produce some quality. Maybe not all the time, like reeling them out once a week just for the sake of it, but... Just put some thought into it, you know, and uh, and try and give you some good shit. And speaking of good shit, I'm excited, and I feel I'll, it's not just because it's a beautiful sunny day. I'm excited because guess who's coming through to man tonight? Yes, you've guessed it, Joey Von Tiger Bread Face. <laughs> Is coming to mind tonight because I did. I don't know if the regular uh, listeners, gotta say, listeners, regular listeners will know that I was approached by a company to promote 
the northeast as and Whitby, where I'm from, which was a, a dream come true just to sort of hang out in Whitby and essentially just do one of my videos, but in Whitby and around Whitby, chatting and eating and checking out the nature and stuff like that. And I managed to get Joey D on board, which I'm so buzzing about. So he's going to be coming through to mine tonight on the train. I've not seen him for months, man. Uh, he'll be getting through about half nine, bite to eat, bit of a plan, and then we're off to Whitby for a couple of days, staying in some camping pods. And that's what I've been doing today is um, contacting people who I can interview and, you know, we can go and talk, like go and hang out with them and see what they're all about, like breweries, pubs, eateries, and all that sort of stuff. So we have to make some sort of, it has to it has to flow well. It can't be just me and Joe going and getting pissed like normal. There's gotta be I've gotta be on it. But it will there'll be like just a little tour around Whitby seeing the scenes and chatting to people. And Joe will be my cameraman and sometimes I'll film in. Ooh. And I'm looking forward to it. To be able to showcase my hometown and Joe's from there as well, so for us both to be able to showcase our hometown. Um as part of the Hayes Outdoors thing as well. It's just, it's a dream come true. And I'd like to thank you all from the bottom of my heart. And it sets me up to practice for my other thing that I want to do this year, which is a bit off brand, I guess, but I've always wanted to do it, or at least I have done for the last few years, is I want to make a docu documentary style video about sea shanties and about like coastal folk music because I grew up at the seaside and and all that fisherman's lifestyle and the, the life of the sea, it's something that is important to me. And it's I feel like it's dying out. A lot of the a lot of the um, the old ways, the old sayings, and how people talked and the old songs and stuff. So I wanted to bridge that gap, and I really wanted to do a little documentary, just go and talk to people about sea shanties and coastal folk music. Um, we're going to go to different pubs. We're going to see different people playing, talk to people about it. Um, and then all through the documentary, I'm going to write my own sea shanty or whatever, coast or folk song. And then... Oh, why is it keep making them noise? And then at the end, I'm going to perform it. Hopefully at the sea shanty festival or just in a pub or something like that. Just put myself out there. I can't sing for shit, but... I just thought it'd be a good end to the documentaries if through the documentary I sort of pick up what it means to write a sea shanty or a folk song and then perform it at the end. Because my mate who I'm going to get to help me film that one is a musician. So we'll, we'll get something together and then I'll perform it at the end. It probably won't do good, like, views on the channel and stuff because it's not keeping within what I'm doing, like... And you're probably listening, thinking, what the fuck? Just get out in a fucking tent, mate. Just go and review a wigwam. Chat loads of shit. Drink another month. Get on with it. But I like to mix it up. I want to mix it up, and I want to produce stuff that has a bit of a legacy to it. And... I don't know, it just feels right. It just feels right for me being from the coast and all that to 
to just immortalise that that way of living, man. The, the coastal way of living. The the people who go out on boats and spend a lot of time out at sea. Um, so I've been researching a lot about sea shanties, and it's always like one guy who starts it. The, I can forget what they call them, and it's all to like a beat that's real simple, melodic, and he'll he'll kick it off like, and then and then the boys will do a bit behind him. And it's to help you, like, you know, hoist the sails or row the boat or, you know, pull the nets in. It's like a motivational thing. But I'm going to put my own little my own little spin on it and see how we get on. Just have another slip of my brew. Bear with me. I shouldn't really drink brews, should I, on these podcasts? Because, well, yeah, I should. Who cares? We're only going out to, like, eight people. And I'm sure that about four of them have already switched off. Beautiful day today. I've already been out for my walk. I went for a walk <laughs> down by river. Ended up doing quite a way, actually. Maybe just shy of five miles. Because I've mixing up my running and my walking because I read a thing about jogging ain't doing out for you. It's just bad for your knees. So you either run really quick, like sprinting, if you want to get healthy. This is like little sprint intervals or just go on a walk. It's the, it's the middle ground that jogging is not really bringing much to the table. It's just knackering your knees up. And yeah, so I've decided to mix it up a bit between little runs and walks because I need to be getting in shape. I've been letting myself go. New year was a false start, guys. So I've got some good news, guys. New year was a false start. There you go. So for anyone who put pressure on themselves and was like, right, new year, new me, let's drop a few brass sizes, lads. Let's get into it, get our noggins right, and then you've just fucked it and you've just carried on as you were. Don't worry. Don't you worry because I've got you. I've got you covered. It was a false start. We can. St it's April. April's the real gig. So when, it, when April... So even now you can just, just sort of chill slowly start getting your shit together. And then April, we're going for it, guys. We're going for it. And that'll get us in shape for summer. And we're going to carry that on. We're not going to lose it in the winter as well. We're just going to carry that on. So from April, are you with me? Yeah. I mean, no. Fair dues. Uh, the other day, I was driving actually back from the Dales of seeing Northern Monk and... There was a police van with a camera in it. You know, the speed cops. <laughs> speed cop. We've all been stung by a speed cop. I always try and give him, finger him off, like down there, look. Uh, and then so I went past this speed camera and then I was like, you know, you flash to everyone and you do that thing where you just push your hand down like that. You push your hand down to say, slow. And I tell you what, there must have been about six or seven cars, lorries and vans all flashing me, being like, cheers, mate, giving me thumbs up. <laughs> I just felt like it felt so good and I was just buzzing off it. And it's it's one of them things that's just, it galvanises you, doesn't it? It's like an us versus them sort of mentality. And I love it. It's like being back at school a little bit when you you and your mates would sort of do stuff to get one over on the teacher. And it was like that. It just felt mint. Everyone's 
looking out. It was a sense of community on the road that you, you, I think outside of like that, you just don't get it. Yeah, occasionally you'll let someone out in front of you or whatever, but that feeling when someone tells you, oh, flat, when they do it to you and they flash the lights and you just know instinctively over this hill, there's going to be a police car with a speed camera on it. And there is, and you've already slowed down. You're like, that guy was a legend. Thanks, mate. And I felt like it because there was a whole stream of traffic all coming up and they're all like flashing me lights, giving me thumbs ups. One guy even saluted and I could see a tear rolling down his eye. I mean, down his cheek, <laughs> down his eye, out of his eye. Che uh, tear rolled out of his noggin bollock, down his cheek, and he saluted me and made eye contact for more than three seconds. It was a beautiful moment because essentially I just saved him a fine or one of them um, annoying where you've got to go to the fucking speed awareness course. Who in their right mind needs to go to a speed awareness course? I've been to one. I've been to two, actually. I've been to one. It was rubbish. The other one was just even... The other one was like a two-week thing I did when I was a young man. I was a silly boy, a silly boy who, and I will say it anyway, but I, what had happened was it was Christmas. Oh, you see, when I tell these stories and stuff, you can't really judge me because we're in the safety of a podcast <laughs> and it was a long, long time ago. I'm a different person now. This was in like, I was a teenager or early 20s, late teens or something like that. And it was Christmas time. And I was out in Whitby with some friends and I'd got a little bit drunk. And my my car had parked it, but it had all the Christmas presents in boot. And then, so I was supposed to leave it there and go and get it in the morning, but because I was a bit pissed, I just thought, oh, do you know what? It was after the pub, I thought, I'll get in it. And it's only from my girl, then girlfriend's house up to my dad's house, you know, it's, it's not far at all. It's just up the road. What, you know, what could possibly go wrong? And everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. Just, I think I forgot to put my lights on <laughs> or something like that. Forgot to put my lights on. And then I think I was just like crawling at like two mile an hour or something. And then whoop, whoop, blues, twos, blues and twos, whatever behind me. And uh, as soon as he opened the door, he's like, you stink. <laughs> you stink a booze, mate. I was like, oh, no, not Christmas Eve. I was thinking I'm like, fuck, a modern day Santa with all presents in boot. Really, though, no. And because I was a little bit inebriated, they put me in the cells, uh, which was annoying. And then, so I couldn't have my car. Oh, so yeah, so they put me in, <laughs> put me in cells and then when they let me go at like the crack of dawn, I think it was, because I was like, oh, mate, it's Christmas day, man. Let us go. And it was about, must have been about half six, they let me out and I just legged it, legged it back home, snuck in, just shower, like, like now it had happened and then I just had to go through Christmas. So I had no sleep either because I was in cells. I'd had like one hour or something. And 
I had to go through all Christmas Day just pretending that that hadn't happened. You know, to me, fucking, to me dad and that, and to me girlfriend and all that. Like, just, like, oh, couldn't say anything. And there's me, like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my license. Oh, I've just got, you know, I need it for work and everything. And, yeah, it was a shocker, an absolute shocker. And then, so, obviously, you know, like... You know, you get the fear anyway, don't you? The day after a, a night out or whatever. And that coupled with, <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a crazy Christmas. And uh, so I had to go to court for it, but I I went to court in suit and that. I think I'd lent me like, oh no, I bought one from a charity shop or something. But I just remember having, I was young at this point, so you can't do me for it. But I wanted to make an effort. So I ended up going to a charity shop and getting this suit and... <laughs> The shoulders on it, man. It just looked... I looked like an American footballer crossed with a 1980s ante. You know what I mean? One of them big shoulders on it. But everyone else in there, in the court, were just like scrub bags with like Adidas tops on and whatever, not making any effort. And there's me in this oversized suit. Like it was like grey with these massive shoulders on it. And I think the judge just saw me trying to make an effort and I did this little speech saying how truly sorry I was and everything. So that I didn't get any points on my license, but he just took it off me though. I lost my license for about two years, I think. And I had to, was it two years or a year? It was a long time. And I got a fine and I had to do a, a like a traffic awareness course, but not like these days where it's, you're just in there, multiple quest, choice questions and you're out in an hour or whatever it is, two hours. This was two weeks of having to just turn up every day. Like, or was it a week or two weeks? A long time. It was like going to school, traffic school for naughty boys. And that was it, man. That was it. Like, that's the only, that was the only time I've ever attempted to get behind wheel after a few bevs and that's it. Never again. I was unlucky there. Not unlucky. In a way, I'm glad I got caught because it's better to get caught than by Rosas in it than doing like, what if I'd have just plowed into the side of someone's house or something, even though I was driving at like four mile an hour. And there it is. Sorry. Sorry about that. But, you know, we all do dumb stuff when we're young and I've got a list of dumb stuff that I could just reel off but I'm not gonna because it's about being motivational and the motivation behind all that was I learnt my lesson so don't do it don't think you're some sort of Father Christmas in a Ford Escort because the reality is you're not you're just a donut you're an absolute donut so don't do it guys um, but the, the positive message as well is that Flagging people down for speed cameras in it. That's what it's all about. Um, so also on it, I don't know if I told you about this or I showed you these. For those just listening, I've got some new catapult ammo. And thanks and a big shout out to I think it was Drying at Dave. Drying at Dave, who's a patron. Um he messaged me and said, Have you checked these out, mate? Because when you're in woods and you're using your metal, your steel ball bearings to have a bit of target practice and you lose them steel ball bearings, it's littering in it. It's littering in you. Otherwise, you've got to set up a big sheet behind it and collect them all. And he put me onto these, like, 
I think they just made a clay. Like they're all different colours, and apparently once they get wet, they biodegrade back into the earth. They even look like sweets. Don't be fooled by them. So I'm looking forward to getting out and pinging a few of these off. Because it's been stopping, it stops me when I go camping, taking me metal one and getting it all set up because it is a chew collecting them. So maybe have a little ping with uh, a little plink with them with Joey D this weekend. And don't you be listening to this podcast and thinking, oh, I'm going to go to Whitby and see Azo and Joey D because we're not going to be there because this was pre recorded. No, it isn't because I've already said the date. But, don't, but if you're there and you see us, come and say hello, mate. Come and say hello. Yeah, we'll be floating about, but we'll be on the outskirts and just occasionally dipping into dipping into town to check out some Whale and Tatey, a.k.a. Fish and Chips, and maybe getting a few scoops, a.k.a. Ales Downers, which I'm very much looking forward to. And I've got a lot to do today. I've got to uh, charge up the electric bikes and stuff because we're going to hit the cinder tracks. We're going to bike into woods. <laughs> it's It's exciting. It's excited. What else? I was going to just have a little feature on here on this podcast as well, where because I wanted to keep up with current affairs and do a bit of news and stuff, but I wanted it to be, I didn't want it to be negative. So uh, there's a website about positive news. And that's what I'm going to do is we're going to spread a bit of positive news on the podcast every time. Maybe just one or two stories, that's it, from around the world. If it's positive or funny, then I'm into it. What's this first story? I should have researched it a little bit more. Um, what went right this week? Rise of the four-day week plus more positive news. So here's something for you all to be positive about. The U- More UK firms embrace 3D week, three-day weekends. Yes. Yes. Right. Working fewer hours for the same pay might sound like a utopian thinking, but for employees in the UK, it's fast becoming a reality. I've said this for a long time, mate. Productivity, innit? There's no point in having all your workers work five days a week, nine to five rigid hours and destroying their very souls because you're not going to get the best out of them. It's just like you're draining them and you chuck them to one side like a used Kleenex. Look after your workers, like three days weekends and four four days on, three days off is perfect. That's all we ask. Nine till five and then you'll get more productivity because people will feel refreshed and more excited. And... Also, let me give you a tip as well. Stagger the weekends because at the moment, the weekends were a write-off. They have been for a long time in the UK. You go on a Saturday to do anything and it's just too much. Good luck going to Magpie Chippy on a Saturday in Whitby. You're queuing down the street to get in. Uh, Because everyone has the same day off, so it's all just... Everyone just goes mad for it. Let's all go to Trampoline World. Or even like up mountains and that. You get to the top of Snowdon on a Saturday, queuing. Queuing to top out on it. We should stagger it. 
So it's 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 not. Oh, if we staggered it, would it always just be busy everywhere? Who knows? But a three day weekend. Let's be having you. What would you want? Which day would you want to incorporate into your weekend? What I think they should do is just use half the half people Friday and half people Monday. But if I had to choose one, I'm having Monday. I'm having Monday because then you don't have Monday blues, do you? Monday becomes the Sunday chill day and Sunday becomes this new madness of a thing because, you know, in your mind, <laughs> well, in my mind, I think, like, the days, I almost have personalities to me. Like, you think about Friday being, like, cheeky, end of work, all that possibility. Saturday's, like, Friday's big brother who, like, you know, we're really going out, out, out. Sunday... It's kind of chilled, but there's the fear. There's always a little bit of fear on a Sunday as well, isn't there? Especially because sometimes you might be pissed up from the day before, have a bit of a hangover, and you've got Monday looms. So it gets to like tea time on a Sunday, and then you're half buzzing because you're not at work, but then half is like, oh, fuck it. Back to grind. Imagine that, no grind. Monday, off. Monday's the new Sunday. And then Tuesday's the new Monday. And <laughs> yes, mate. So you can look forward to that, guys. You've heard it here first. The four-day week. Um, also, I wanted to just touch on... I know there's a war going on, and I'm not going to talk about it. And like, Obviously, because I've, I've spoke about it before. I'm not qualified to, really. But what I wanted to do was... Just list out a few, well, just tell you a few ways in which you can help. And I'm, I really am sorry if this comes across as patronizing, but that's that. I'm going to put links on below the video as well to, to the ways in which you can help. Obviously, you can help by taking refugees in if you wanted to. I think you get 350 quid a month, which is now, mate, come on, government, to help with that. You can donate money, which that's how I've done it, is just donating money because I can't take anybody in, like physically take anybody in. Um, I'll put a couple of the charities down below. Save the Children is one of the charities. They're brilliant. I used to work for Save the Children. On the front line of the conflict is RASM for the Ukraine the Ukrainian non-profit launched in 2014, the year Russia annexed Crimea. It was initially established to help support democracy in the Ukraine, but is currently focused on purchasing medical supplies for critical situations like blood loss and other tactical medicine items. It also needs donations. So I'll leave them to charities down below as well. You can have a look for yourself and donate if you want. Um, you can lobby governments. Many countries are throwing their borders open to refugees fleeing the Ukraine. The UK, the UK isn't one of them. It's currently... All right, so you can lobby the government. Um, offer your spare room. Yeah, done that. Volunteer your time, if you want. And donate clothes and other essentials. That's a good one, actually. That's a good one. People have been quick to offer donations to the Ukraine refugees. The charities across Europe reporting an influx of clothing, bedding and other necessities. Queues formed outside the Polish 
White Eagle Club in London at the weekend as people delivered essentials. In Glasgow, a Facebook group has launched to coordinate donations at drop-off points across the city. Most items will be sent via truck to Poland, where Ukrainian refugees are coming across the border. Some of those behind... <clears throat> Some of those behind efforts to deliver necessities are asking for help with transport. So you can look into that as well. Other organisations offering support, UNICEF, obviously, International Rescue. Right, well, I'm sorry just to just to rattle all that off, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to leave a few links below, so if you want to just drop a, a quid or two into, in, you know, any, any little help's done it. So that's a positive note. Keep it real, keep it positive. Yoo-hoo! What else can we talk about, guys? What else can we talk about? Book club? No, because I haven't been reading any books. Movie club? Nah, because I didn't go see Batman in End and I hadn't been I hadn't watched any films. Cause I don't watch films or Netflix or anything. I don't do it. I don't watch anything. While I'm on my Todd, I don't watch anything. I just work or listen to podcasts or audiobooks or just tinker around house and garden and that. I've been watching stuff, I think, for me, is, is something that you do with your friends or partners in it. You both watch a film or you all, you know, or you both get into a series. If you're on your own, you're too. I'm too busy doing stuff, like getting stuff done. And um, I always feel like it's wasted time. If I just sat and watched, you know, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, I'd feel like that was a waste of my time. Um, <laughs> shout out Ghostbusters. Shout out the new Ghostbusters. I saw that with, with Littlen. And that's a good thing about having a Littlen as well, isn't it? For all you that have got Littlens is that you can sort of live your life again through them. Like watching all the old, like Jungle Book and... Stuff that, as an adult, you can't really do. I can just... Well, you can, but it seems a bit weird, doesn't it? But when you've got a little one, get back into it. Get back into playing hide and seek. Get back into watching all these things. It's a glorious thing, and I recommend it wholeheartedly. Um, what, we're on 40 minutes. Right, it's that time of the podcast where we're going to go and redo my brew. That's the new segment, redo my brew. Back in a minute. Let me show you. Well, for those watching on Patreon, look at that for a. That is. That is. And for those. That's mad, isn't it? For those of you just listening, I've got a tomahawk steak the size of my head. It's an absolute unit, man. Because I don't know if you remember... Oh. I was talking about the grass-fed beef, wasn't I? And this is for regular viewers. Because I reached out to that company that do the grass-fed beef. And they've sent me... They've sent me that tomahawk steak, which is an absolute weapon. It's an absolute weapon, man. That and a porterhouse steak. And he even chucked me in a couple of cheeses as well. Thanks very much, Nick. 
And so I've got to go and do a video with that steak. I'm going to go and cook it up in woods or do something fancy with it. And I think I'm going to do a 2022 show us your steak challenge. And for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is, you can Google it. Just put show us your chicks. Show us your steak. Show us your steak bake. Show us your steak bake, mate. Show us your steak challenge. Um, was something I did like a few years ago where I just cooked a steak in the woods and then tagged some people to to do the same thing. But the thing was to talk a little bit about mental health and maybe leave a link to the Samaritans or something below the video. And it caught fire and it went viral. And I'm still getting tagged in stuff now. And also, I do apologise for if I can, if if you know if you've heard this me talk about this before, but it is <laughs> it's it's such a good thing. I was so proud of it and proud of everybody for doing it. It was wicked. So I think with this with a steak this big, it's I don't know what stats it is. Look, at, it's got weight on it here. Hold on, what's that? One point two kilograms. That's mad, isn't it? It's probably... Jesus, that's so heavy. And there's someone who's, like, probably weighs more than my backpack for Cape Raft Trail. <laughs> I can't wait to, like, oh, use it like a cricket bat, mate. Get some scotch eggs and use them as the ball and have a proper, like, culinary game of cricket. No, don't do that. So... Once I get back from doing this film with Joey D, that's my next video is I need to get out and make the best of that steak, cook it the best I can. And we're going to do a shows your steak challenge. And we're going to tag a couple of people in it. Who though? Who? Because the first time I did it, Everyone who I tagged did it. That's how it. That's how it spread. I tagged my mate my, uh, Mike from TA Outdoors, Joe Robinette from Canada. He did it, and um, John from Carlisle uh, thingy who does all hammock camping, and they all did it, and it blew up. Then I did it another time, and I just I chose wrong people. I chose wrong people because it didn't go very. It did, they didn't. It didn't set on fire. And I chose, like, Foxy to do it from SS Who Dares Wins. And later, I've met Foxy down line, like, later down line, and I realised that Foxy, you know, he's a TV star and ex-Special Forces. He's not going to be going into woods and cooking a steak and then, tight, like, because I told him to. <laughs> he might do, though. He might do. He might do in the future because we can get anyone... Once this podcast goes out properly into the wild and we start getting guests, there's nothing to stop us getting Foxy out into woods, cooking a steak with us and having a quick chat about men's nut bags or whatever. You know what I mean? We can't all be about mental health all the time, can it? Because I end up sounding like a broken record. It's only because I grew up around... 
you know, I've been affected by mental health through other people. I've had, you know, people very close to me have suffered a lot. And, and I've, my noggin's been all over the place at times. <laughs> and so I just feel like more than the money that's raised, it's the awareness and breaking down the stigma. It just gives me a, f a good feeling. Like I've had these people, I've had lots of people reaching out saying that I've helped them with like just their anxieties or with depression and whatever. And that, that, to me, that's massive because... I don't know, dude. If you've got a broken arm or whatever, you know you've got a broken arm and that's it, innit? But if you're nogging in right and you don't know why, it's hard to talk about. It's hard to to know why. And it's, you know, it's hard to rationalise it. And so it helps when you look at people who are doing a bit and they're saying it's okay to be like that. You're like, oh. And that's half the battle, innit? It's a big sigh. You're like, oh, well, if... You know, if ex Power Ranger and international superstar Hazo says it's gonna be all right and it's you know we can get through it, then maybe we can get through it and we can all breathe a sigh of relief and we can do that thing you know that you breathe in and out and like trace your fingers. Tracy Chapman. Um, yeah, well, I tell you what I'll do as well. I'll be getting Joey D. Well, I know it's. It's a lot, but we've got a lot on this weekend. But on an evening, I'm going to try and get him to do a podcast for you lot. Patreon-only video podcast. So I'll post some after this asking for questions for Joey D. Because I'm going to try and get this out today. And if I have, well done me. Because I've got a lot on today prepping for this for this weekend. But... I thought I'd just do I thought I'd jump on here while I'm feeling good and feeling positive. I'll jump on here, waffle a load of shite, and leave it with you. But I'm gonna waffle a load of shite with Joey D and hopefully get him on. And I'm gonna do it as I would do a normal guest. We're gonna interview Joe and then I'm gonna do like the zombie style apocalypse. I know we've done it in the past, but I've got more of a structure now. I've written it down, I've got more of a, a structure to it. So we'll test it on Joey D in the dojo. And if it works, we shall test it on someone else close. We'll maybe test it on Matty Morgs because I go on Matty Morgs' podcast quite a bit. Maybe get him on ours because it's easy. It's only an hour. So you can do it in the day. I'll just get him on it in the day. And he can be the guest. I'll ask him some questions and we'll do the zombie bit. And then he can play ball or not, however he wants to do it. And then we'll go on to the next. Who else do we know we can get on? Russ from Northern Monkeys. Oh, I need to get him on. I've told him he's coming on. We can get some people, can't we? Because we can just, we can mob them. If we see someone we like, we can just mob them. Just get in their comments and be like, hey, do this podcast. But we can't do that yet because this is a shambles, isn't it? It's a bit of a shambles so far. Well, we've listened. We're, anyone who's listening knows it's a, a bit of a shambles, but we'll, we're finding our feet. Do you know? Metaphorically, we're kicking shit out of a palm tree. Blood spot. Metaphorically, we're blindfolded, catching fucking wasps. What was that off? 
Metaphorically, we're at bottom at swimming pool, aren't we? Was that it? Yeah, we're at bottom at swimming pool doing all them moves. Blood sport. <laughs> Catchy. We're putting wax on. We're putting. We're taking wax off again. We stood on a bit of wood doing crane kick, waiting for the tournament to start. Because once the tournament starts, and I don't know if you've seen blood sport or not. Or was it kickboxer? Nah, blood sport, wasn't it? You've got a lot of baddies. You've got a lot of very big personalities that you've got to beat to get to the end boss. And so we're just training now and we're going to get to some of these big personalities and we're going to slay them with, in a good way. And that's just a metaphor for getting them on podcast. <laughs> Metaphorically, we're going to break them down and we're going to do the splits and punch them up. I'm going to do like, they're going to run over. I'm going to do the splits full. So my nut, and I said nut, is touching floor and then up into, like Johnny Cage or like on, I think he does it, doesn't he? Van Damme. Straight into splits, bosh, and then do that sort of half Bruce Lee, half Van Damme whale. And they'll just sort of clutch their nuts and just slowly timber fall over. And that's a podcast. That's how that's how we roll. That's how serious we're taking these podcasts. I'll probably be able to get I reckon Matt uh Pritchard from Dirty Sanchez had come on. Yeah, in fact, for an hour, I know he definitely would, wouldn't he? He definitely would. I could probably steal a few of Matty Morgan's guests as well, couldn't I? Get Noel Gallagher on. My new mate, Noel Gallagher. Get him on. He'd come on, wouldn't he? Me and him. Two northern lads. One of them a rock star musician and then another one who didn't give a fuck about rock stars and musicians. <laughs> it wouldn't be good, would it? It wouldn't be good. Or it might be. Me going to Noel, oh, so are you into camping, Noel? I'm a fuck. And he'd be like, oh, do you know this band? And I'd be like, nah, don't. And then he'd just be like, Not that. Silence. And you can you cannot have dead air. And I know this because I'm learning. You can't have dead air and there will just be dead air and I'll be like, gulp. So, um, in a zombie apocalypse, and they'd be like, see ya, I'd be like, ah, see ya. <laughs> That'll be that. That would be that. But there are people that I like. Imagine if, right, this podcast took off it became something. Once we start getting guests, obviously not this bit that I'm doing. This is like some mad, just this mad solo show, isn't it? But once we start getting guests, imagine if it if they enjoyed themselves and we kept going and we finally got Ray Mears on. Imagine that. He wouldn't, would he? Would he? We'd have to get we'd have to get some big names on first so I could be like, Ray, look. Uncle Ray, look who we've got. Do you mind coming on? Because if people want to come to my house, they can. I'll give them option. Come into the studio and we'll do it here, Ray. Get Ray out of the house. Here, Ray, do you mind? I'm just going to... Do you mind do it Lord for me, Ray, while I feed me robins? Here, Ray, help yourself to Northern Monk, mate. Hey, we're going to go get a few Northern Monks on us and we're going to go out to the pub, mate. Absolutely trashed. Right, mate. 
Now sit down, we're going to talk about zombie apocalypses. <laughs> oh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Ray would hate me. Wouldn't be into it, would he? Little sycophantic twerp that I am. Big Ray, but just keeping it real. Real Raymond. And I've listened to him on years ago on um, Desert Island Discs. And I didn't realise that he'd lost his wife many moons ago. And he came across very stoic and a lovely man. But the reality of it is, is that all I'd be doing is asking him about the time he tracked M Raoul Moat and, you know, asking him if he'd seen that sketch with Bob Mortimer where his nuts are hanging out outside of his shorts. <laughs> and all that. And you can't really do that when you've got a goat like Ray on. So I'd have to work my way up, I think, to that sort of stuff. We'll get some... We could get some YouTubers on, couldn't we? Because I've always got that. Get some you Get me mate John Locker on for talk about fishing. Who else? I don't know. Well, we'll figure that out, innit? I can't just... I'm just thinking out loud here. Using my podcast to think... This is like... Yeah, it's the dojo, innit? The think tank. Using it to think and also to... Oh, fuck, that's a noise that I don't need, isn't it? Isn't it? Email's coming through. Yeah, using it as a think tank and also therapy. It's going to end up being this is my therapy sessions in it, which we will talk about in um, if you want. If you want to go deep, we can talk about stuff like that. Because I don't know if I've told you about it or not. What, are we on 56 minutes? Shall I tell you about it when I went to therapy or not? Yeah, go on then, fuck it. Why not? And I, again, forgive me if I've talked about this on here or on Matt's podcast. Like, my brain is a, an absolute sieve at the best of times. And I'm probably not the best person to to be doing podcasts and all that because I do have a memory like a sieve. I repeat myself loads. I change my mind loads about how I feel about things. So we just try and keep up with it. So apologies if you if I've maybe said this on Matt's, but last year, the end of last year, I went to get some cognitive behavioral therapy. And the reason being is that I've always felt like I'd need, you know, well, I hadn't felt like I needed it, but people around me have said, you should try and get some therapy because sometimes... Sometimes nogging folds in on itself and like I had a bit of um, a bit of childhood trauma and all this sort of stuff. So I thought, do you know what? I've got a bit of time on my hands. I'm going to go and I'm going to book in and just have a few sessions with a, um, a therapist. Cognitive behavioral therapy, actually, to be precise. So I went to see her. We had a consultation and I quite liked her and she was nice and everything, trusted her. We had a chat, and then the second time we went in, she put these vibrating things, one in each hand, not like that. She didn't put two vibrators in each hand. I'm like, what the, f what is this? What have I signed up for? And then, like, as I get cameramen come out, and I'm like, right, we're making a homemade, you're on a homemade porn, Hazel, get into it. I'm like, Jesus. No, they're just like two little things, right, that you put in your hand and they vibrate. And then in front of you is a light that goes from left to right. Now, what's that? What, what that's supposed to be doing is replicating REM sleep. So it sends your brain into that. Right, stop making that noise. 
How do I mute that? Mutant. Mute. Mute. Yeah, so it sends your brain into that REM sleep state, which is where we learn a lot of stuff and download a lot of information, apparently. Um, usually, like she said, she would be up in my grill with this light in her hand doing it. But because of COVID, it was, I had to sit at the other end of this office. And it's weird, mate. I don't care who you are. And especially for me, like, that's not how I was brought up to, like, go and chat to people about your you know, stuff. It really isn't. But as part of this self, it's all right, you know, it's all right talking the talk, you need to walk the walk. And I was like, right, let's do a bit more yoga. It's 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 nothing to be ashamed of or anything. It's like going to the gym, but for your noggin, isn't it? It's like getting your noggin ironed out. So she put these le- these vibrating things in my hand and then I had to just watch that thing going from back to forth, back and forth, left and right. She's like, right, now close your eyes and think to think back to a time, like a, sp- that keeps going off. So she said, like, look at your life as one line. And when you've had point, uh, poignant and meaningful things happen for, you know, to you, then that'll be a spike on this, on this line. And she was like, right, I want you to go back to one of these spikes and tell me what you see. And I was like, all right, um, I'm a kid. I'm a, there's a kid in a, in a room. It was a, a front room, like a sitting room. And he was sat cross-legged on the floor. It was me. Sat cross-legged on the floor, maybe six years old, seven years old. Primary school, whatever. And everything was red. So it was like a red room. And I, the kid was red. Everything was like red lights. You know, like the Matrix where everything's green lights. It was like that, but red. And the kid was sat in the middle of this room. And I was just seeing it. And she's like, right, what do you want to do? What what do you want to say to him? And I was like, well, I'd you know, tell him he's all right and tell him not to worry, tell him everything's okay. He said, right, well, now what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to give him a hug. And so she said, right, well, do it then. And in my mind, I went over and I sort of, it was just adult me, little me on the floor, and I picked him up and I got hold of him, like held him to squeeze him. And everything started going green, like where I, he was touching me and I started to go green and everything around me went green. And then the young me just went inside me and I was just left stood in this green room h- holding myself, just like hugging myself and everything was green. And I just lost my shit. Like my side bawling. I had my eyes closed, but I could just there was just like tears just streaming out me nogging. And... Uh, it absolutely blew me away. It was like, it was life-changing. It really was like a life-changing thing that happened to me that sort of fixed the neurological pathways in my brain from red to green. And by that, I mean just healed. It felt healed. So when I did think about certain things, it wasn't with the same pain or confusion. It was sort of smoothed over. And I even said to her, when we'd done, I was like, I can't, we had like 10 minutes left on the session. I was like, well, I'm done. I can't do any more today. I'm done. And I sat in my truck for like 20 minutes, just shell shocked. Couldn't like, couldn't drive her out. I was just shell shocked by it. And then we, we continued to maybe, I had like four or five sessions or something like that. And um, then obviously 
the way things are, I just couldn't afford to keep going. But I got so much out of it. And I recommend it to anybody who has got, you know, has maybe had stuff happen in their lives or is, you know, feels like, or if you've been on the fence about it, I would recommend it. It was a definite game changer for me. Absolutely blew me away. It's like I was tripping, tripping me nuts off, but in a good and positive way. And yeah, is that oversharing? How long we done? We've done over an hour. Well, I might cut some of this out. Might even cut that story out. It's a bit personal, isn't it? But I think that's maybe part of what this podcast is, is just to be honest. And that's just me being honest. Right. We're going to end it. I'm going to end it on that one. And I'm going to read you a poem that was sent in to me by... A Patreon, one of you lot. <laughs> Lisa Young pointed this out to me the other day. She said, just read this and thought you might like it. And I do like it, Lisa Young. I do like it. It's the Song of Wandering Angus by William Butler Yeats. Shout out, Yeats. I went out to the hazel wood because a fire was in my head and cut and peeled a hazel wand and hooked a berry to thread. And when white moths were on the wing and moth-like stars were flickering out, I dropped the berry in the stream and caught a little silver trout. When I had laid it on the floor, I went to blow the fire aflame, but something rustled on the floor and someone called me by my name. It had become a glimmering girl with apple blossom in her hair who called me by my name and ran and faded through the brightening air. Though I am old with wandering through hollow lands and hilly lands, I will find out where she has gone and kiss her lips and take her hands, and walk among long dappled grass, and pluck till time and times are done, the silver apples of the moon, the golden apples of the sun. Thank you all for watching. If you're on Patreon, thanks for listening. If it's just in your luggles, I'll send you now, but love. I'll take care. I'll see you soon.